Okay, news. I don't have anything for this week in particular, and then I, I, I remember what I had for last week. I, I wrote it down, but I can't find it. So while you guys are thinking, I'll uh, I'll uh, go over some interesting things. I'll start with uh, the thing that everyone actually, you know, I'm going to start with the more peripheral stuff. So the first piece of news is that Criterion, which is a um, they're a publisher of uh, films, particularly with uh, physical media. Maybe one day in the future, if I can build the empire, I would, I would, I would love to buy the Criterion collection. Like just literally, just buy the company out. I think it's an amazing company. They do amazing work. Um, and uh, with the Criterion Collection, they have a half-off sale. I think it's from now until Thanksgiving, question mark, or like sometime a little bit after Thanksgiving. But they're half-off of a lot of uh, films. I've talked about physical media before, so if you want to get some really high-quality Blu-rays, you can get them for a half price. So I'm planning on buying Stalker, which I'm really excited about. I think Ben is mentioned it briefly before Tarkovsky's stalker. Um, and uh, I'll also be getting, Oh, you're muted. That is, that is a fantastic film. Yeah. I've heard so much. Although, good. although I watched it in a movie theater and I don't think, he, I don't think it'll be the same if you don't watch it in a theater. I believe you. Unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know who's going to screen it next. But yeah, so I bought, I'm going to buy Stalker, and I'm going to buy... What was my, the second film I was going to buy? It was a Scorsese film. It was um, The Age of Innocence. That's the other the other film I'm going to buy. So half off, Criterion Collection. Go check it out. I thought I'd let you guys know. The second thing is that... Go check out my video about inflation. More relevant in, than ever, because I've been more and more right as time goes on, which, is, which always feels nice. But uh, I might retread ground on that uh sometime in the future maybe in some weeks from now um whenever i run out of an idea to talk about stuff because i think i have a formal prediction to make again so that i can be right again but uh, i'm gonna hold off on that until i i feel super confident in my my little prediction but it's all entertainment not financial advice so there you go and the last thing is there are a few interesting updates in the alec baldwin story um the death of Helena Hutchins. I did a three-part series on it. If you want to check it out, I would recommend you watch them in order. I didn't reintroduce them. So I think some people might not know that there's an actual order that you're supposed to watch them. I recommend you watch them in order and don't get confused. If you just listen to the end bit and you're like, you know, there's no information. It's just us talking about it. Then uh, you're going to be seriously confused as to what the heck we're talking about. So there's that. But so, you know, I said there's going to be a uh, changing information and that's exactly what's happened so a few things alec baldwin keeps tweeting which is a very seriously bad idea um, about the incident uh, he even got stopped on side of the road by paparazzi not his fault by the way I, I don't he was literally being like stalked like by the pop like literally he's on vacation they're literally like you know like following him around in their car you know which is i mean that's garbage, right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, he's getting stalked. I would not have recommended him pull over the side of the road and talk to them, though. That is very inadvisable. <laughs> and uh, he said some interesting things. He basically said, I can't talk about it, then went on to talk about it, which was kind of odd. <laughs> and then uh, he keeps tweeting about it, one of which was a Instagram, a, a picture from, an in, from uh, the wardrobe person's Instagram. So the wardrobe person on set has a private Instagram. So this, so Alec Baldwin clearly follows this person. That's the only way you could see 
the private Instagram post, but then he makes it public. I, I hope he got permission for that, which alleges that the crew was all complaining for no reason, that the conditions were actually really good, that the only people who were mad were on the in the camera department who wanted to they weren't satisfied with the the lavishness of the hotel and that's why they went on strike um and that the set ran like clockwork which is what alec baldwin has been saying that's why he would repost right that private message now i'm not sure i believe this <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say i'm gonna say my instinct is that 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 just sounds like a load of a load of garbage given this given the the uh the fact that they would there's a there's a paper trail behind uh the complaints of the conditions and that paper trail went all the way up to the union and there are certain things that i just wouldn't be able to understand as much like it's not as though filmmakers are like crew unionized crew is pretty sensitive about union rules and you know that's fine but this is a different kind of thing where people are quitting left and right so and that's not normal like people don't generally find it convenient to walk off set you know the day before and you know go through the trouble of joining a film just to walk off you know one day so i don't know about that one chief and i'm not sure if the wardrobe person is in the best place either to comment on the general crew's uh satisfaction and whatnot so i, I thought that was strange then this other strange thing is that Hannah Reed, the uh, armorer, came out with a statement. Remember I said that she was working two jobs. Her lawyer said that she was working two jobs, and I wasn't sure if that was like her being the armorer and having to make the blanks. Well, they clarified that. They said it wasn't that, that her second job was actually she was the prop master when the previous prop master had quit. Remember I said that prop master had uh, walked off. So she was temporarily also the prop master while they were finding a new prop master. And it sounds like she was as, acting like assistant prop master while uh, while the, the original prop master was there. So she was assistant prop, prop, prop master and armor, which is insanity, so, uh, which is a really bizarre thing. So that's what her lawyers are saying. You know, the lawyers are saying a lot of things, which kind of surprises me, but... I think they're angry at Baldwin's PR team for basically throwing her under the bus immediately. And they're just trying to like throw up everything they can in the way of that to try to change the conversation and all that kind of stuff. They're doing what they're supposed to do for their client, which is throw smoke. <laughs> she also, the lawyers also claimed that she was not on set when this all happened, which I find utterly bizarre <laughs> that she wasn't even on set when this whole thing went down, which I don't think that Pretty I think it just raises right? more questions than it answers anything. <laughs> um, yeah, because didn't uh, wasn't the thing that like she gave the gun to was the director? I forget. No, no. Somebody so she she put she put right? the the protocol. Their COVID protocol was that she would have to sanitize. Put on the cart, correct? Yeah, she been putting it on the cart, right? And she uh, like immediately wheeled the cart over though. No, it was just on a cart. Like, <laughs> I mean, home. yeah, I mean, that that's that that's what you would think. But apparently this cart was just floating around. And I just feel like that just adds a different kind of culpability, which is why'd you let the cart float around without supervision? You know, it might decrease. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I can imagine, too, that like, I mean, I don't know, because this is after all these people had already walked off the set. Right. And. I mean, I don't know, maybe they just, like, figure they aren't even going to, like, bother telling her that they're, like, 
we're restarting shooting for the day or something like that. And like, oh, mm. we have a gun. It should be like functional because they were firing it <laughs> earlier or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm truly, I, I'm just, I'm just, you know, trying to think of something that would make sense. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I feel like. Whatever new details come out, like, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just trying to make yeah, sense. Yeah, they, they didn't, they didn't, like, I don't know, maybe, I, I'm just pure speculation, I'm just imagining maybe they're like, well, clearly we, we know from experience that these guns are working today, so they should be <laughs> yeah. fine or something like that. I don't know, and they didn't bother like to call the armor in or something. I, yeah, I, that's very possible. Yeah, that is very possible. Yeah, that would that would definitely help her case, uh, the armor's case for sure. Um, <laughs> if that, if the, you know, she put them away and then they went and retrieved them and, uh, themselves to start practicing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That would actually help her case. So yeah, I guess the lawyers are doing a, a good job, uh, giving her an out. But she also said that, uh, the lawyer said, I should say she did, she hasn't, she's been doing her the, the right thing, which is keeping her mouth shut. <laughs> but her lawyers have been, uh, saying that someone possibly sabotaged the gun by inserting a real bullet in there, which is a very grandiose claim. It's a very big claim. It's a very, you know, conspiratorial claim. It's not, I, I'm not the kind of person, just to be clear, that just because it's a conspiracy, that means it's not possible. It's just the kind of thing where it's like, the circumstances give you the easier explanation, which is simply that everything is so negligent that this was practically bound to happen. Uh, we talked about it in the, the three-part series, and I would need to n understand why, you know, why, other than uh, what they're saying is that maybe people were so disgruntled that someone, you know, put a real bullet in the mixture at some point. They, they don't name when or what happened. Uh, they're also her lawyers, so, <laughs> you know. I mean, even if that did happen... She's still responsible. Well, sure, but even if that did happen, I mean... When that based on what you're saying, like it, it, Alec Baldwin would have, you know, final like look in the gun and like you know that kind of thing, like yeah, yeah. Unless, yeah. I mean, unless it, you're also like claiming that he was in on it, like or just being negligent, and that like what would have happened if he hadn't, right? So I, that's so a that's a bull. It's not you're implicating Alec Baldwin too. I really do. What it sounds like to me is because Baldwin's lawyers and PR team, because, you know, uh, if you're really rich and famous in Hollywood, that you hire these, uh, you have uh, these uh, crisis management teams that you have on, uh, what do you call it, on retainer. Uh, so, you know, you, you give them $100,000 to hold, and in an emergency, they come to your defense, create a whole PR thing, and you know, everything just works like clockwork from there and you don't, you don't worry about it. And surely he has one. And well, he does have one um, <laughs> and uh, they've been doing their job, uh, which is to try to cast away any uh, negative press in his direction, which has been including, you know, throwing her under the bus repeatedly, the armor, like, you know, and blaming everything on her, on her, on her. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that, you know, I can't confirm that, you know, that PR team also is responsible for leaking her Twitter, her TikTok to try to make her look more juvenile because uh, she has some interesting stuff posted on there with her playing with guns. Now, I don't think it's that relevant, that particular thing, because, I mean, you can you can pose for a TikTok video with a firearm that you checked and it's responsible. That's not what anyone's arguing. Everyone's arguing about what happened that day. That's the only thing that really matters. But um, 
so there's a whole bunch of shenanigans going on. So I, I have a feeling her lawyers are are just trying to counteract the uh, the PR storm that is uh, coming at her and trying to uh, throw up as much counter distraction as possible in the opposite direction. And her dad, her dad is, you know, her dad is probably quite wealthy. So I'm sure these lawyers are quite, quite good at what they do. So, so I'm going to assume. Um, <laughs> another complication that there's, there were, there were armed guards on set, which I think was interesting. I don't know if that's also smoke being thrown up because I don't see how that's relevant, but I guess there could have been a magic bullet that came from one of the guards' guns and somehow entered the, I don't know. I feel like this is all just throwing stuff in the air to try to avoid culpability on on most people's behalf as possible. Now, I have a, you know, there's a Hollywood insider who has been talking to a lot of uh, assistant directors in L.A. about uh, Alec Baldwin, um, trying to get their take on what he's been what it's been like to work with him in the past. And uh, apparently there are two types of actors those who actually check the gun and those who don't check the gun. And, uh, and uh, you know, according to these ADs, he's never been known to check the gun. So that's a big L in, uh, in, uh, in his corner. Uh, and given what happened, I think that, I mean, that makes sense. You know, and given what he said afterwards, it kind of makes it feel like he, it was never habitual for him to actually, like, do any safety precautions. Now... Uh, that that goes to what I was saying before about seniority and intimidation and stuff like that. Like, you know, at a certain point, you just got to say, I don't care if you're Alec Baldwin or Joe Schmo off the street. You have to follow the rules. And uh, I'm sure he's just been used to not having to follow the rules because he's Alec Baldwin. And uh, I guess, I don't know, I guess this is how he had to learn his lesson if if, if he even learns a lesson from this. And the last uh, detail, which I think is interesting for context, is that that day, the scene that they were filming was a gigantic shootout. Like, it was the climax of the entire film. It was like, a like you know, just there were going to be hundreds of uh, blanks being fired that, that evening um, in this shootout that was supposed to be super visceral. The particular shot that they were yes. shooting was a point of view shot, like, you know, uh, from, I guess, a victim. I'm not sure. Um, or a victim in the... Uh, that was poor phrasing, sorry. By... Um, you know, a character who's supposed to be a victim um, that they were setting up, which is why he was shooting in the direction of the could camera. Be, could have become quite the victim then, huh? Assuming if he didn't practice before, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, you know, that's this interesting context. So there, there would have been, it would have been a chaotic day. It was probably the most packed, terrible day of the entire shoot. Uh, the whole production was probably revolving around this day is what it sounds like. So I'm sure everyone is stressed. And I'm going to assume the crew was unhappy for legitimate reasons, because I don't think a lot of stuff makes sense if they weren't. Um, and so that probably didn't help the scenario. Plus, that makes sense why if she was making blanks on set, she would have 500 you know, rounds. You know, Maybe she was making those on the fly because they needed them ASAP and there was no time to make them. I don't know. That's all speculation. Now, uh, last thing I'll say is there are a ton of details out there about some really odd stuff that I have no time to, I didn't have time to like, you know, verify and stuff like that. It gets into a weird territory at a certain point where I'm like, okay, well, in order for me to repeat any of this stuff, I think I would need to read, you know, some primary source stuff and really understand what people are talking about. 
I would say it's pretty typical for Hollywood, this kind of shenanigans, but I won't talk about it now. And uh, maybe down the line, no guarantees, I'll, I'll make a follow-up episode about it if it turns out to have any legs to stand on. Um, but there's some... It, it's nasty. I'll, I'll put it that way. It's, it's typical Hollywood stuff. So there you go. That's my news update. You know, given that the day was going to be the, the day of the big shootout, not, I mean, I don't know anything about this other than what you told me, but if there was a time to slip in intentionally a real bullet, that would be the time. Also, at the same time, if there was a time to do it, to like for a mistake to happen, I guess it'd also be the same day. So maybe it doesn't mean anything. Either way, <laughs> either way, the chances of both uh, are amplified on that day. I mean, it's pretty ballsy, right? Like, I mean, how mad do you have to be to put a real round in the mixture of like, that's like, that's like, like, I mean, you're like, crazy. People have crazy things, but you know, <laughs> people have done crazier things. I mean, you have to be so mad you're murderous. That's literally what that especially means. If you, uh, <laughs> I mean, not yeah, necessarily. You, I mean, I guess in theory, you, you could hoped that like you weren't gonna act. No one was actually gonna get hurt. It would just be a statement, like, "See how how really unsafe this this set is." I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. It would be which interesting is... if, if the if, it'd be interesting if the first shot of the scene was not was not meant to be shot at anybody. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. <laughs> like like uh like I don't know like say in the in the, in the, the planning like the first shot was meant to be say, a warning shot in the store, right? Then someone would be like, oh, well, I'll just put one bullet that's real in this thing, all right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, well, obviously, you know, this is a speculation, pretty wild speculation. Could be, could be any number of things, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll believe, I'll, I'll start to give it credit once, uh, once, you know, they produce, like, some tangible... They don't have to say that who did it, right? They just have to show me, you know, something, <laughs> anything at all, besides... We assert that, you know, this is what happened because the crew is so mad, which just kind of sounds, I mean, they're her lawyers, right? It, it's the best thing that casts away uh, doubt on her performance, right, is some, some sort of nefarious activity uh, that has nothing to do with her, right, that she couldn't stop, right, or something like that. Whether that's true or not, I am completely open to trust me. <laughs> um, it's just, uh, I don't know, we don't really have information that would confirm it uh, at all. <laughs> Um, also that, that private message on Instagram just read like a lot of load of crock. Uh, and it just makes me sick because I feel like, um, Baldwin and his PR team are, are playing games, you know, and, and, you know, that's what it looks like at least. And it's, it's not the kind of thing. Oh, and, uh, the husband filed a gigantic lawsuit as predicted basically against everyone. Uh, he's probably going to keep adding, uh, people, one by one to this lawsuit until he's amassed the entire production practically. <laughs> so, uh, which is what he should be doing. Um, cause that's pretty much what happened <laughs> is the entire set is complicit, you know, uh, not literally everyone, but the atmosphere, you know, is, is practically complicit in, uh, in killing her. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just I hate how people deal with this kind of stuff, and it's pretty nasty to me that Alec Baldwin would uh, would engage in that kind of stuff when I, I don't I don't think I don't think it's likely that the set was actually run well. Twenty one day shoot, six to seven million dollars. It just doesn't even sound on its face like something that would be run well. So, <laughs> was there uh, music news? Um, yeah. So two two people, uh, two deaths, uh, both uh, the conductor. Famous connector Bernard 
Heidink, who um, is kind of famous in the classical world, um, conducted pretty much mo most of the, the world's best orchestras, um, including uh, the London Symphony Orchestra from, uh, I'm not sure exactly what year, um, but until 1979, so like through, through the late 60s, I think through 79. So he's, for film music, relevant to in a sense that even though he didn't conduct Star Wars and you know, Williams obviously conducted the London Symphony Orchestra um, for the original film, um, very responsible for the sound of the orchestra at that time and the you know overall cohesion and playing of all the players. So important in that sense for film music, but just a very important figure in music. And also um, John Ashton Thomas, who's a uh, orchestrator and conductor. Um, he did, has done a lot of big things recently, including working on conducting and orchestrating Black Panther. Um, but most notably, uh, he's kind of the, the biggest contributor to the orchestration team of John Powell. Uh, so he just died at the oh. age of 60. So mm. That's pretty young, yeah. Yep. Was there uh, any gaming news in the, in the at the end of the day? Yeah, pretty related actually. Is uh, it's about Harry Potter? I was literally talking about Harry Potter games not existing in the modern world. Well, apparently one came out two months ago for mobile, oh. um, and apparently it made two hundred twenty-eight million dollars in two months. I've never heard of this thing. I don't know how. It's not even out in the U.S. It's only out in certain parts of Asia. It's a lot of money. I don't know how they know that. So, like, you know, I'm gonna take that with a grain of salt. I literally was like. It's like, how do you know this? I'm trying to find out, but I just stopped trying at some point. <laughs> Aside from that, uh, this is related to what I was talking about before about FIFA and um, its feature with EA. Uh, and I found an article saying, the headline being, 2K discusses buying FIFA football license from EA, right? Now, I went down like the sources, and that is a very misleading headline. It is true, technically, yes. They did discuss buying football, or sorry, buying FIFA football license from EA. But I only found one line where they mentioned FIFA and it's not even like, it's like, it was like, a, all right, I'll, I'll just read the line. So there's some interview going on with uh, some dude from the, from Take Two CEO, Take Two owns 2K. And it says, blah, blah, it says, do, 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 hold up, hold up. Yeah, at the end of the article, it says, I have like a bunch of tabs open, literally just following because one one article will say sources another article and I'll say the source is another article and I'll be just going through them. So I have a bunch of tabs open. I actually think I lost it. Dang. Okay. Well, but it really was like something like, you know, someone asked him about what do you think about like FIFA? And he's like, eh, I don't know, maybe, you know. <laughs> like something like that, you know. Clearly like he's not really oh I found it. Okay. Here it is. He said the question was okay, I don't think it says the question, but Someone asked him about soccer, soccer games, and uh, 2K, or Take-Two at least, does own a uh, soccer mobile game called Top 11. And then later he added, it says, quote, that's a big step forward for us. We haven't, we haven't been in that spot before, and I think I'll leave it at that today. The quote doesn't even say he ever mentioned the word FIFA, ever. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so make sure, it's just the announcement. I was reading r slash gaming news. And one of the things they have on RSS Gaming News as a rule is that your the, the the title you put as your as your uh, for your Reddit post must be verbatim the title of the article that you're linking. All right, mm -hmm. be careful. <laughs> that was a very misleading thing. 
So, yeah. No, headlines are never misleading. (laughs) How can this be? (laughs) Cool. Well, uh, thank you for uh, tuning into Mixed Media Live on this fine Friday evening. Enjoy your weekends uh, if you are still watching live. Also, if you're watching in post, subscribe if you enjoy any of this stuff, any of this information. You know, we, we love talking about our respective fields and discussing it with other people. And I'm excited to really jump on this podcast and try to make it something even bigger and, you know, more special going forward uh, than it already has been. But thank you for everyone who's uh, stuck around with us, especially thank you to Rob Sharma, who made it possible for us to be streaming on Rumble Live today. Uh, You can join him on mixedmedia.locals.com for a whole bunch of perks that I won't bore you with. Just got to go to the link, mixedmedia.locals.com. Every link you could possibly need is in the description. So there's no excuse for not finding our Discord, finding our Instagram, anything that you want. Our Discord is awesome. We talk about news. We talk about our respective art stuff you know, throughout the week, and we continue the discussions there. So uh, with that, see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't want to cause no problems. Mm. I just want to live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Nah. Me and my dons ain't mobsters. Nah. But you know when you see imposters, <laughs> we know how to read them faces. Same way you know how to read them comments. If you want to talk, let's talk. But around here, make sure you're walking, your talk is constant. <laughs>